Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge. And um, again, 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 my co-host Shelly joins me. I'm so sick of you, Shelly. It's been so many times. Like we host an event together. Uh, we, we talk every week. That's the pain of having a podcast that records every week because I, I talk to you every week now. And I used to talk to you once a month and that was great in moderation, you know, but. I know it's like a bad smell. You just can't get rid of. <laughs> Weren't you telling me something about shrimp stuck into um, a curtain rods or a smell you can't get rid of, but in the yes. end you win. Well, that's a long story. I'm not going to bore, but like, I'll I'll go short. Husband, wife gets divorced. Yep. Husband wants the house. Yep. And the wife doesn't want to lose the house. So she puts shrimps in the kern rods, moves out. The smell becomes so bad they can't figure it out and end up selling the house for a really low cost. She buys it. She buys it now. So I, I thought it was brilliant. So, but don't take that advice. If you're getting <laughs> no. divorced, I'm just telling you. So, Serge, is, Serge gives marriage advice. So everybody, like, <laughs> don't listen to Serge. <laughs> or no, divorce advice. Oh, God. Divorce advice. Yeah, I've never been divorced yet. Yes. Right? So, okay, well, uh, good for you. Good yeah, no. for you. Because that's... I, a good man. Shelly, I have no plans. Uh, first of good. all, uh, I, I do love my wife and kids. So I guess that's the she thing. She's wonderful. And second, um, do you know how much expensive it would be with three young kids and a wife? Like, so. Yeah, you'd never financially recover. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> that's not the reason why, though. No, um, I know. I know. You have, you have an incredible family and so, so blessed to have a supportive spouse. So you're very, very lucky. So let's get, uh, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, do you want to start us off, Serge? What is the, what's really pressing yeah. on your mind to talk about? Well, let's talk about, so today me and Shelly uh, hosted Innovate Work. So we, had, we hosted the question panel uh, for Innovate yeah. Work, which was yeah. really interested. Amazing speakers. And there's a couple of things that came out of that presentation that, or out of the presentations that I was like, hey, we should talk more about that. So mm-hmm. we had our very close friend, Prasanti Naidu, the CEO of Health Job Hub, do a presentation is entrepreneurship, the new reality. And COVID has really accelerated a lot of people going into gig economy and entrepreneurship. And she said one thing, and I think it hit me really hard. And I think it hit you hard too. It did. It did. Uh, because we know it happens. So Prasanti is a CPA. Um, so she graduated in Ireland and she was top three in her class, top 14 in the world. Yeah. And she got job offers from everywhere when she was there. She moves to Canada. Uh, and if you ever talk to Prasanti, we should have her on the show one day. She is extremely bright, well-spoken. Uh, and Charismatic. She, charismatic. Yes. Yeah. Could not get a callback on applying on a job. And she did all yeah. the right things. And she mentions like, maybe it was my name. And what, what, how did that wow. yeah. sound to you? Do you know what, Serge? Um, I know when I heard her say it, she said it so much in passing in her presentation. But I know for myself and probably everyone else on the panel, it was like an arrow through the heart because we all knew it was true. So she just this- said it so so in the midst of her presentation, maybe it was my name. But do you know, Serge, we know it's true. 
Yes. How could someone so accomplished not even get so much as an interview? Well, not even, uh, not even a phone call or not even a response back. So is this talent acquisition's fault? Is this recruitment's fault? So, Serge, you know, something you said that I know is so incredibly true. I know I listen to all other podcasts and, and even one of our speakers today talked about all this artificial intelligence and these screening tools. But at the end of the day, it's a human being that rejects your resume. And I'm quoting you because yeah. you said it first. I know it's true. At the end of the day, I know having having led very large recruitment teams, even those candidates that were maybe didn't pass the screening questions, we still looked at them. We still knew that we couldn't trust the screening questions. And I know it even today. That is absolutely the truth. Even with all the technology, a great recruiter will still go in and look at those applicants who were didn't didn't answer the questions properly, you know. The, the fact is, at the end of the day, somebody looked at her, whether it was her name, um, I think at the end of the day, maybe even the fact that they couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. Because, and again, and I think this goes to the heart of the matter, recruitment is typically delegated to someone who has ambitions to be in HR. They have no desire to be in recruitment. They don't. They, this is their stepping stone. So they are junior individuals, maybe early in their career. They're dangerous, Serge. They don't even know what they don't know. They know to look for things that are familiar to them. And can we slight humans for being naturally biased? Yeah, and, and I, I'm not sure I'm going to blame recruiters. I think, I've, and I agree with your points there, but where... I think this is coming from, and I, I've seen this, and I've seen it many times in the staffing world where you're not going to put candidates in front because they have an accent. And you know, they might not tell you um, that they're not going to hire that person, but if that person's not 100% English sounding accent, they're usually going to reject them. And I've seen that. And I've even had customers say that to me, saying, make sure they, like, it's kind of an underhanded words in the saying, Make sure you well, the don't. Yeah, there's a racist absolutely. element to it. Call so recruiters it yep. in corporate, absolutely racist, and in staffing, there's really the key thing is is getting the roles filled, uh, and that's how we're measured. Those what the metrics are based out. So are you going to put candidates that you know are going to be rejected when they get to the next step? I'm not saying this is right at all. This is wrong. But it goes to your point that we have a lot of junior recruiters that are pressured to, to do the thing instead of talking back and, and really getting an idea of what these hiring managers are saying and what it relates and bring it to the right, maybe not the right person, but like really pushing back on that because the right candidate. So I think that's exactly what happened to Brasanti, 100%. Um, it was definitely her name because I know for a fact, I have a recruiter that works for me that shared exactly that story. She is Indian. She moved to from India to Australia. She was in a really good position in India, moves to Australia. She cannot get a job interview. Now she's applying for like recruitment coordinators and she's a senior technical recruiter. She knows the tech space, which is very rare in recruiters. And 
she couldn't get a job in Australia. She had to change her name. The minute she changed her name to a more common English sounding name, suddenly she started getting phone calls started, and she got a job fairly quickly. So what does that tell you? So it's not a Canada, US, England. It's all across the world and a lot of different places has this bias. So it's definitely something that we all have to be aware of. And when you're talking to your hiring managers and they're, they're talking about things like accent. Basically, when they say accent, they're basically saying, I want either a white male or white female. That's pretty much what they're saying, unless you feel otherwise. But that's the impression that I get when say, because you can be a really good communicator. It doesn't matter if you have an accent. Hell, I have an accent. Um, so yeah. I don't. Do. You kind of do. And look at how far you got. Look at how far you got. I mean. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know if I've gotten any far at all, but uh, let's just put that in perspective. So anyways, it was great. Uh, look, we'll be sharing uh, the Innovate Work presentation. We hosted the question panel. I thought it was really interesting, uh, all the presentations. You'll be able to to listen to all of them. But I wanted to talk about another topic. Um, so I wanted to talk about Salesforce bought Slack for $27.7 billion. And you might Did be you asking- Billion? Billion, yes. Billion with a B. Yes, twenty-seven point seven billion dollars. And US I think Canadian. That must be U.S. Actually, good question. <laughs> oh Not in Canada. So. It's got to be. Oh my goodness. Okay, what's that in Canadian? Oh, uh, Forty-three point <laughs> two million. A billion. Billion. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, incredible. I and I. I think they underpaid. I think it's going to be worth way more than that. I think Slack is. Uh, an amazing tool. And if you put it in the context of what is Slack and how does it relate to recruitment, um, a, a lot of companies use Slack extensively for recruitment, maybe not as their ATS, but it's basically how they communicate internally on candidates. Everything is housed in Slack. And just to give you an idea. Yeah, you got um, to explain that to me, Serge, because I do not, I, I do not understand. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't. I don't understand. Like if you've got an applicant tracking system and you're using Slack, are you saying that you're using Slack to talk about candidates outside of the applicant tracking system? Like, I, I, like you got to like break it down for me. Talk to me like I'm in grade five. Okay. I don't know what you mean. So there is a couple of ways. Yes, it's talking about candidates outside of your um, ATS. So to give you an idea, most ATS now are completely integrated with Slack. The minute oh. that I create a new job, everyone that I add as part of the hiring team and automatically creates a channel for that job in Slack. And that's where we have discussions on candidates. Some of the times that's where we have our, our go, no-go meetings are directly in Slack and conversation based that we are maybe five, six person as part of that hiring team and we want to get through it and we don't can't coordinate the schedules we'll actually go through that candidate or the list of candidates directly in Slack, discuss if it's go, no go, strengths, weaknesses. Um, Slack is used a lot for that because it's such an easy tool to use and it's such an instant tool um, that everyone has open. So for those who don't use Slack, it's basically Microsoft Teams, but a thousand times better. Uh, And I'm saying that because... I work for a company that uses Slack and was actually Slack's first partner ever. Um, And also we actually sold a portion of our company or product we built to Slack. 
Uh, so we use it extensively, but I've been reading a lot on how companies use Slack. And it was interesting as I was going through different ATS, um, all of the new ones are directly integrated with Slack because they know it's a much better tool to communicate than the internal ATS or emails, which emails are massive challenges for us when it comes yeah. to uh, warehousing data in there. So what Does is the message? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. So what, is, what do you think the, this uh, signals to the market? How well, think, are you interpreting this in the market? Well, I think there's a couple of different things, and it, this might not be recruitment focused as much, but I think this is Salesforce play to compete directly with Microsoft. Um, so Microsoft Teams How? with COVID. Well, the, yeah. there's a couple of different things. So oh, Microsoft is getting really in-depth in ERPs and CRMs. Uh, they're becoming a big player in the CRM space which uh, with Microsoft Dynamics. So Salesforce has didn't have a competitor when it came to Microsoft Teams. This well, they did uh, with Salesforce Chatter, but Salesforce Chatter is kind of garbage compared to what Slack can do. So Slack automatically puts them in a way better position, and they have a product that competes directly against Microsoft Teams. Even though it's a thousand times better, Microsoft is so ingrained into so much, uh, so many mm-hmm. corporate cultures and how you use. So obviously, if you're going to use a communication, Microsoft Teams is there. You're just going to activate it in that sense. So, but this is this, the key things that I am thinking here. So the Salesforce CRM mm-hmm. is massive in the staffing industry. Uh, like a lot of, if you're in staffing and you're not using a CRM, you're way behind a curve. If you're in corporate and you're not using a CRM to basically to engage and keep your candidates engaged and make sure you have all your candidates outside of your ATS. So it's two different things. We've talked about this. Your ATS houses candidates, but it's not an external communication tool to candidates. You can't manage marketing campaigns to keep them engaged as a CRM you can. Um, So this is where I think really Slack is being used for recruitment extensively. So is Salesforce, especially in the staffing world. So 27.7 billion, there's more acquisitions to come. I'm curious to think, do you think there's going to be any major HR tech acquisitions in 2021? Oh, I think there's a fire sale on a lot of companies. Honestly, like how how could you not? Um, there's been such a rush uh, and, a, a, and a real tidal wave of investment into HR tech. And like you and I talk all the time, a lot of it's just crap. However, yeah. there's usually a little kernel somewhere in there that would be great if it was added to another product. So, you know, acquisitions in our space, I mean, we talk about this and I want to be clear, I, I don't know of any really cool Canadian born tech companies do you that you think might be um really attractive and very sexy to a bigger american firm not really there's 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 some really like innovative technology that's coming out of canada when it comes to the hr tech space but nothing that is at that point that is going to make any really nothing disruptive not really yeah okay okay Okay, can i give you a prediction okay yeah Toss it. Recruit.com, Recruit, the owner of Glassdoor, and Indeed is going to acquire Zip Recruiter in 2021. Oh, okay. What's your thoughts? Um, Gosh, 
Do you know, I'm thinking who else, who at all, who else would look at zip and say, um, you know, they'd be nice tucked under my wing or just no longer a competitor. Like yeah. it's certainly not going to be monster. They got no money. Right. Well, monster is owned by Randstad. Uh, right. So Randstad's got tons of money. Uh, so do you think so Randstad it, might make a play for them? Well, recruit has, uh, recruit has way more money than, than Randstad in that way. Like people don't realize recruit the owner of like Glassdoor and indeed mm-hmm. is a massive staffing firm in, uh, in Asia. So in, in their base in Japan, Mm-hmm. They drive massive amount of revenues. Actually, like I think, and don't quote me on this. I think the revenue for recruit is around five billion, uh, and Indeed is around two billion of that. And Glassdoor is a couple hundred millions. Uh, the rest is all the staffing firm in that sense. So, I'm thinking there's two players that will come in place: so Recruit.com, or it could be one of the massive staffing firms like Randstad. For Randstad, I don't think they would because they got burnt by Monster. In reality, um, they've like Monster well, is a dead product. Do you think, it was, at a least burn, in North do you think it was a fire sale? <laughs> no, they paid quite a bit. Uh, I don't remember how much they paid, but it was very strategic in their end uh, when yeah. they bought um, Monster. But in reality, who's going to Monster anymore? Yeah, know. I'm telling you, there. It, it's it's a sad thing to see. But, you know, from the first day I ever looked at Monster, I said, there's a reason they called it Monster. Because it was a beast. It was ugly. Like, it was a joke. I, I, I never, ever thought, like, I thought, you know, how ironic that they would call it Monster. Because it is. There was nothing about it that was pretty. Well, think. Well, think of I. I thought their branding and was genius. Like I, no, I, I'm no, on the other sorry, fence because sorry. everyone no, no, knew I don't who agree. Monster was. Everyone their marketing knew and is, knows who Monster is. Yeah. So so agreed. And so I would say, um, Zip had followed suit, and they pumped. I'm I'm certain millions of dollars into marketing to get the oh, name yeah. out there, which is exactly what Monster did. That doesn't mean you've got a great product. It means you've got good marketing because using the product, Monster specifically, was just that. It was, it was ugly. It was like, it wasn't friendly. It was everything, everything a Monster was, is. But everything in 2000, and 2000 was ugly and not easy to use when it came to the internet, wasn't it? In reality, people use Monster because job seekers went there to look for jobs. That's your product. That's like us looking for a job is the product. And if you're going there, well, you have a product to sell. But do you have a prediction for 2021? You know, I I struggle to find anything to top that one. Um, no? I really do. Like I, I know earlier, like even earlier in 2020, there was so much talk about programmatic and it seems like that buzz has really died down. It doesn't seem to me that people, like companies are not seeing, like tell me how this is really adding value. Because if you've got a couple of major job boards that are getting 80% of job seekers, tell me why. Tell me why you need programmatic. 
Oh, I, I think. So you... I, I think the programmatic will fall out of fashion would be maybe my prediction. Oh, I strongly disagree on that. Oh, I know. I, knew I, I, I strongly gonna... disagree. because got to rise out of you. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. Programmatic is not really waned in any way. It's actually being adopted way higher than it was a year ago. Um, and But there is flaws with programmatic, don't get me wrong. But in reality, you said it, 80% of the traffic is coming from one site, and we know who that site is. And they're you don't need to agree here, but I'm an alma mater. They're burning you. Like you are paying 10 times what you should be paying because in reality, if you're doing programmatic and, and maximizing what your cost is on it, you'd be way better off. Like you're paying $500 sometimes for a job in, in cost per click that in reality, $20 would do the trick. Obviously, the reps won't tell you that, but in reality, um, that is a massive challenge. There needs to be something to disrupt that. So let's see. At the end of 20, I want you to mark this. So at the end Got of it. 2021, mm-hmm. I'll be curious if that happens. I'm, I'm kind of hoping not. I'd rather see someone come in and buy ZipRecruiter and really put some weight behind it to compete against the Indies, the Google for Jobs. Uh, the other prediction is Google for Jobs 2021 is going to start monetizing, which is the best thing that could ever happen because they need to monetize to make it a better platform than it is now because there is so much garbage on Google for Jobs. Um, in reality, I don't think they're investing or spending as much time as they should, even though traffic for Google for Jobs since COVID is is gone bonkers like they are dominating in the u.s they're they're doing really good inroads but it'll be interesting to see what happens google for jobs in 2021 so i i would actually predict the opposite in google for jobs i think they will finally say that other people do it better because if there is one thing that people will not get burned twice if you go to google for jobs and they didn't put enough of a wall around it. And what I mean by that is there are these other scraping sites that you think you're on Google for jobs, but it misdirects you to five different places. When as a job seeker, that's bullshit. That is absolute Mm. bullshit. There is no quality control in Google for jobs. And so how many times you know, if, if you're going to go Google for jobs and, and take a look at what you think is a bona fide link to a job, only to find out that it's, it's absolutely bogus, which is the case. And so well, there's no controls in place. And I think Google is trying, like, they need to stay in their lane. They need to stay in their lane. Well, this and, is their lane. No one no, does search no, better than Google. No, search, no. Yes, but not Google for jobs. Well, They've done it before and they fell on their face. We're seeing the same thing with Facebook. You know, they came out all great guns and, you know, maybe for certain job families or certain sectors, but you know what, you got to continue to innovate or you die. And what Google for jobs continues to do is miss the mark on the candidate experience. Don't disagree right now, but I would never count out because this is compared to other Google ventures. This isn't our wheelhouse. This is search and no one does search first. And you think in context, 80% of job searches start from Google. So, and you're already there in reality, 
there's a huge opportunity. They know it. Uh, I, so I don't see that. I, I don't see it going downswing. I, I see it going the opposite way. I agree. There's candidate experience challenges. They have not limited, but if they put effort in the sense that they monetize it at one particular point, I think we're going to see a completely different story, but Anyways, let, let's talk about one topic we've talked about before. I think like episode 15 and we argued about it. And uh, <laughs> so let's talk about mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what's going on with HireVue. So HireVue, for everyone to know, is uh, basically a pre-recorded video interview service. They do a lot more than that. But you wanted to talk about HireVue and how I was wrong and... Uh, What's your thoughts? What's happened recently? I, I heard there well, was new- as I have said from the beginning, search. It is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Higher view, like if you ever sat in a sales presentation from Higher View, they were selling facial recognition, and they actually claimed that you could do, you could record individuals, and somehow this was magically going to save you time because their intelligence system would read someone's face and know if they were lying, know if they were looking away, are they, like, it's all bullshit. You cannot tell me that watching a five-minute video of someone is not a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a discriminatory practice, and you will be hard-pressed to prove that you are not discriminating based on what? somebody speaking to a screen. This is not human to human interaction. It is not to be compared with an in-person interview or even a Zoom interview because I can gauge your response to me in a a Zoom meeting. That is human to human interaction. What HireVue has done is basically thrown gasoline on the discrimination and racism in the workforce. If it's using facial recognition, first of all, let's back up and think, who's, who is setting up this technology to recognize what in your face? Like that you're lying, that your eyes are darting away? Could you ever think for a minute that AI would be smart enough to say, this is so unnatural? This is so completely unnatural for 95% of people. It is unnatural to talk to a screen and think, here's what's on the line. Do I get an interview? Do I go past this? What sort of pressure does that put on people? Like it is higher view, unfortunately, like I do not and have never changed my position that it is absolutely horrible for candidate experience and is the absolute definition of racism in hiring. Well, I, I think you're uh, I think you're taking higher view, which is the leader in the market as far as video interviewing. Um, like I'll completely give you that. But I think you're bunching it with just the video pre-recorded video interview segment. So you a hundred percent what they're doing is there's a reason that there's been several cases against them. So basically what they're doing is they're using the video interview to analyze the data points. They include your word, your voice, your word selection, your voice, your facial movements. And then the, the system then creates basically from all those data points, kind of a reference of this is going to be a good hire or not a good hire. And you are a hundred percent right. That is just bullshit. But 
putting that in context of just doing a video interview, pre-recorded video interviewing, putting that in the context that it's racist or anything, I, I completely disagree because I don't see it different than Zoom in the sense of I get a Zoom call, you can make the same assessment because you are making that assessment of that person by a recruiter. It's not being done by a machine. It's being done by a person. I'm not saying Harview, but all of these systems, I leverage video interviewing, pre-recorded video interviewing. And we're, if I'm going to discriminate, there's no difference in me discriminating um, watching that video or going on a Zoom call with them. I, I don't see the difference at all. Like if there's something that I would discriminate on, I would see it on either. Uh, in reality, I think what you're, I know you're not a big support, but I think we need to talk about the reality of what talent acquisition departments are now. Uh, still way understaffed still way under resource across the board, still high pressure, high demand. And this is where we're looking alternatives to get the candidate in front and get an interview, which they probably wouldn't if there wasn't pre-recorded video interviews. This is where we're going through the resumes in that sense. So I, and it can be used in different parts of it, but I don't think higher view is a representation with AI facial recognition. I think that's bullshit shouldn't happen with a pre-recorded video interviews because I, I, I use it. I love it. I think it works. I think it uh, makes the automation of a lot of what we're doing, working a very understaffed team, which is most recruitment teams. How else? The, the other alternative, I never get to the candidates. So what's better? Never getting to the candidates or giving the candidates a shot and getting a real picture because the perfect example is Prasanti. If she got a pre-recorded video interview as a screening, she would have gotten a job. 100%. They would have listened to her and be like, boom, she knows what she's doing. We need to hire her. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, no. I'm still, I'm still going to push back on your search because I don't, you know, unless there's something I'm completely missing about pre-recorded, this is one way. So let's be clear. We're not talking about you and I looking at each other on a screen and having an interview. This is me talking to a blank screen with a countdown of how long I have to answer a question that I'm reading off the screen. And somehow you think that is making your job easier I, well, I don't get it. It's, I don't it's, get it's it. It's giving the candidate a way better experience. They can do the interview when it's convenient for them. Oh, no, and, no, no, no. I'm not buying that. Nope. No, oh, 100%. No, you know, you're so talking she, about 5% of the population search, 5%, maybe 3% of the population who would prefer to be in a quiet room looking at a screen and recording themselves. I'm saying you are missing 93 to 97% of the population and their experience is one that is absolutely unnatural, completely unnatural. Human to human interaction, call it an interview, call it, you know, you go back to the stone age, man. They, we still had human to human interaction and the only way we know what someone else is feeling is by looking at their face as they are speaking to us, their body language. It is absolutely horrible candidate experience to look at a blank screen and talk to nothing. It's not well, people, normal. 
People do it all the time. Most of our interactions in social media is looking at a blank screen and looking at a video. Video consumption is the highest. What percentage of people do that? Uh, 99% of the people in the world are on their phone more than anything else. Video creation right now. So when I'm creating a video to share, which is massive out there to all social media channels, you're not doing it to a person. I'm recording a TikTok video. Am I doing it to human interaction so I can see their expression? No, I don't. When I'm recording a video for YouTube, so I don't. You're confusing entertainment with the very real experience I don't of somebody being able to provide for their family is based on their ability to pass your little hoop like a little monkey that you are dangling here do this do this little trick in front of a blank screen and i'll decide if you get to go on to the interview no serge that is absolutely not the way humans work it's not the alternative is never hearing back for a lot of companies i think the challenge that you have you have not been in corporate recruitment for now six seven years or even oh ouch. I, I think ouch. you don't understand ouch. the reality ouch. of a recruitment department right now <laughs> no and I- and i'm going to disagree with your point people are creating content on the internet not for entertainment they're creating content on the entertainment to make a living either increase their personal brand or like how many people are like, I know 10 year olds, not personally that are millionaires off YouTube. So I, I are don't those think the so. norm search. Do you think those are the norm? You think that's normal? I think a lot of people create and consume content that is video one way. I think absolutely that's the norm. No, I don't think so. I, I think, think you're it talking is. about 1%. You're talking about 1% of the population that have decided that they are worthy to put themselves on YouTube and try and be that one in a million who makes it big as a billionaire by selling themselves on either Facebook or uh, YouTube. Just go on TikTok. Go on TikTok tomorrow. Just go on TikTok. Just go on TikTok. Check it out. It's not 1%. Are they making a living? Are they making a living? Is this the people you want to hire? These are people Uh, you want to hire. Maybe. Why not? If someone is the ability to market themselves and do, yeah, sure, I'll hire them. If they're that good and they create a following, I think someone said in the work, uh, innovation work, work is not, as Jillian said it actually, it's all about the level of network and contacts and people that know who you are is as important as anything else. Oh, you're mistaken. What she said, what she was referring to is building relationships inside your own organization so that people know and understand what you're capable of, what you're interested in. She's not talking about getting on TikTok and fucking dancing. Like, Serge, you're, you're, you're confusing. No, 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 I'm not confusing anything. Yes, you, 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 you build oh a network God. in the way you want. Uh, like I look so at- So you think the people watching your fucking TikTok dance is gonna hire you? No. A hundred percent. Like you're sounding really old right now. You're sounding really, really old. I know you're not old. It's sounding cool, and you're sounding like you're being a boomer. Exactly. I'm going to call you Karen. Okay. I'm going to call you Karen. That's it. Okay. Fine. Okay. Okay, We're going to disagree on this. We'll never agree. Uh, We will never agree agree with you on how review on that end. But um, 
Yeah. So I have a question on you and I, I kind of shot you, I kind of gave you a shot there. So I'm not going to apologize. In this. No, no. But it's been a while. You're in recruitment marketing, which yes. is very critical in the age of talent acquisition right now. But if you had, so say recruitment marketing, it's not working out. I need to go back into the recruitment world. Would you, first of all, would you do it? Would you go back in recruitment? I will I, I don't think I'll ever be out of recruitment. Okay. Ever, ever. I never want to lose touch with what it feels like for a candidate or for an organization to be struggling to find someone. And that's why I expanded beyond just the transactional piece of um, whether it was corporate staffing or strategic staffing or agency was because I saw the bigger problem. And the bigger problem is not really understanding that people make decisions to change jobs very differently than the way they make decisions uh, to buy uh, a different car or a different type of laundry soap or what you drink. Like influencing consumers is very, very different. And so, you know, so even to this day, I stay involved in some shape or form or fashion in recruitment in some way because I want to understand. And although Would you do it full time though? Um I would. Okay. I would. And I would go back corporate, but you know, if it were corporate, it would have to be so incredibly fucked up that you know, bringing them solutions would absolutely rock their world. And in three years, I'd be out, right? Yeah. Go in, fix it, get out. That is about the only scenario. Now, let me ask you this. Why would you ask me something like that? I'm just curious. Are you? Oh, yeah, I'm just Are curious. You? Yeah. Are you just curious? Yeah, it's not like I have a job for you in corporate. No, no, no. Or, uh, I'm just, I, I thought maybe you were trying to trick me into saying something. Uh, yeah, well, if you said corporate, I'd be really, so I want you to go to corporate now and I want you to go into an environment of like thousands of resumes and two recruiters and, and just, I want you to go back in that and be like, then we'll talk about the importance of self pre-recorded video interviews. So oh, no, If no, you no, do no. go back, I, I'd love to revisit that for sure. Because uh, the reality has changed in the last five to six years. And it's changing every day. And we're going to see more of it. We are uh, so, in reality. So, do you know, if I, if I don't absolutely punch you in the face for saying that, because I think you insulted me. So how did I insult you? Well, so listen, even though I'm not in the day-to-day of a corporate recruitment, the companies that I'm working with are very much are. And so what I bring is being able to go in without, I've got no emotional attachment to how you do things. I will go in and audit how you do things. And to know, even sometimes within, probably within an hour or two of research, I know exactly what is the problem with how they're doing things and why people are repelled from even applying to this organization or why they struggle to find talent in certain markets. It is so incredibly obvious to me because although I haven't had to go in day to day and look at recs and read resumes, I know, I know better than anyone exactly why they are either repelling 
which is usually why they need help. Um, and that is exactly what I do. So, so to think that, you know, you have to be in the trenches of reading resumes every day, you know, uh, you're wrong. You're wrong because I think I'm right. No, no. Well, maybe you are, but no. And and I, I don't, I agree and I disagree. Okay. So, and I I didn't want to insult you. Well, you did. Um, You did. You, uh, I have hurt feelings. I have hurt feelings, Serge. Okay, well, suck it up, Buttercup. It's the real world. Uh, no, what I meant by that in reality, because a lot of recruiters know what the challenge is. Like if you go talk, they know exactly. But there is a lot of factors that drive it. So I can go in most organizations and tell them exactly. And I, like I totally, like we're in the same boat. Like we come from the same world. We have everything. Um, but even like a recruiter with not a lot of experience can go into an organization and tell you, okay, this is, ch- and I mean it. And how do I put this in, in a way they'll understand what the challenges are, but how to fix it is the challenge. And that's where you can help. And a lot of it, where do you, how to fix it is completely out of recruitment's hand is it's, there's some aspects that you can totally fix. There's some other elements that drive it from the business, what their expectations are, how they're driving their recruitment, what they're expecting their talent to come in. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people in non in recruitment that think that anyone can do a recruitment. Um, and and that's the massive challenge for recruiters because they know better, but when they're trying to push it in operations, different parts of the organization, the rest of the company thinks they're fucking crazy. They're like, just like put a job ad, like call the the job. Just post the job. Yes, I know. I know. It can't be that hard in reality, but I've had situations and it'd be like, I actually had a situation not that long ago where she person, senior leader wants to come in and be like, okay, we need like, we need a lot of people. So I'm going to jump in and recruitment and be like, she contacts candidates and, Oh, I got interviews. Like I got these candidates and none of them showed up for the interview. I'm like, Okay, so it's not that easy. And then she finally realized that it's not a simple game when you're reaching out to someone, you're sourcing, you're looking at candidates. It's not that uh, it's not that easy in that sense. So, no, the reason I was asking going back to Rachel. So sorry that I I think I, I took one, a shot there because uh, I'm trying to find my angle. But <laughs> nice try. I, there's a little difference. In that. No, I was just curious because I, I'm curious of what people that are not in recruitment, been in recruitment, if they go back or what's the thoughts around it. So, yeah. So I would say, you know, I, I would consider myself, if there was such thing as PhD in recruitment, I have it. 25 years of working in this and seeing everything. Just when I think I've seen everything, I see something else. Um, and so when I see shitty technology, like video, one-way video interviewing. Um, I know what I'm talking about. I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. All right. All right. That is the beauty of the Surge and Shelley show. Exactly. <laughs> that is let's, the beauty of it. Let's talk about agree. what's coming up on the recruitment flex. So we have... Com- oh, my God. We have Surge, some amazing guests. You've been busy. We got some great guests. So Tim Sackett. So Tim Sackett is a legend in the talent acquisition space. So he's not coming. He's come already and we will get him again. But we've got the person he said was the first HR influencer ever. And yes. she is probably oh the my biggest <laughs> HR influencer. Uh, the queen. 
and she's the queen of HR. She is right? her royal highness. Yes. So yes. we are very fortunate in the new year to have Lori Rudderman join us. I'm mm -hmm. ecstatic about it. I've been following her for years. Uh, you need to listen to this episode. So, and we've got tons more, but we'll keep yeah. the rest secret. And we've got episode. some great shows coming up. That's going to be awesome. Perfect. Serge, thank you. You have worked so hard and uh, you've just done such incredible things to to bring these wonderful guests. Well, both of us, but... A boat. Like bring some team, wonderful Kelly. guests on. Yes, you bring some wonderful guests on. And it's going to be a blast. And so, you got anything else? That's it. I'm All done. right. <laughs> What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. Oh.